Hi, and welcome to the Gene Space, where I talk about music, life in an autistic household, writing, reading, and whatever random rabbit holes I've dived down lately. I'm so glad you're listening today. So the piece today is another one about a new-to-me word. Every once in a while, I sign up for something that gets me a bunch of word of the day emails, which I unsubscribe from as soon as possible. I've never gone for those. My husband Dave had a word of the day screensaver for a while. Don't get me wrong, my vocabulary isn't super extensive. I just enjoy the sport of discovering a world in the wild and then finding out bunches of facts and uh, things that are surprising and researching it. Enjoy the show! I'm reading Rachel Maddow's terrific and terrifying book, Prequel. I strongly recommend it, 11 out of 10. The book is about the Hitler-admiring domestic fascists who hoped to take over the U.S. in the 1930s and 40s, and who numbered at least in the hundreds of thousands nationwide in various noxious permutations. They formed organizations with innocuous-sounding names featuring the buzzwords that remain popular today. American, patriotic, Christian. And they published tons of racist and anti-Semitic screeds. Also, they stockpiled weapons and made bombs. To achieve their American dream, they planned to evict from the territorial United States, or just kill outright, every human who wasn't white and Christian. Maddow is a fine writer who clearly loves words, and at one point she notes that among these would-be rulers were a fair number of marplots. Naturally, I had to know what this word meant. Merriam-Webster's online dictionary defines marplot as one who frustrates or ruins a plan or undertaking by meddling. The earliest known use of this word is by Susanna Setlivre in 1709 in her play The Busybody. St. Livre was born Susanna Freeman in 1669, which was nine years into the English Restoration. This was a heady and turbulent time. The eleven-year interregnum, with its puritanical prohibitions of holiday celebrations, gambling, and theater, was over. Huzzah! The fun spigot was opened wide. Theater was back, baby, and now Even women were allowed to act in plays. Just think of it. Writers were busy, 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 penning new dramas, along with new words and catchphrases to go inside them. One way to make a new word that was quite fashionable was to prefix an existing word with mar. The restoration mar was based on the verb, meaning obstructing or defacing, from the Old English mirin, as opposed to mar meaning sea, which is derived from Latin as in marine. Attached to a word, mar transforms it into one who spoils whatever that word is. Sometimes restoration writers used mar to build a character name, as John Dryden did with Sir Martin Marall in 1667. Susanna sent Livre's mar- Mr. Marplot fits snugly into this practice. In the busybody Dramatis Personae, she describes him as a sort of silly fellow, cowardly, who generally spoils all he undertakes, yet without design. 
By 1709, Sedlivra's career was well established. She was one of the most successful persons on the London theatre scene. She had joined a traveling theatre company way back in her mid-teens and had worked her way up to the big leagues with a position at the Theatre Royal in Drury Lane. She had started writing plays and poems, as well as performing breeches roles. Breeches roles are when a woman uh, dresses in men's clothing and plays a male character, such as Alexander the Great. By the time Susanna met and married Joseph Santlivre, a cook at Windsor Castle, she had been widowed twice. Busybody was her ninth play and her biggest hit. The critics didn't much care for it, but the play outlasted most of its competition, and it's still occasionally performed today. I watched it on YouTube the other day, in fact. The play has a typical comedy plot in which two pairs of young lovers want to marry, but their guardians have different matches in mind for them. Elderly, ugly matches. Mr. Marplot wants very much to help his friend, and probably crush Charles, to win the hand of Miranda. Marplot is a feckless tryhard, though, so his friends don't tell him anything important. Therefore, he acts based on hopes and half-understandings, and of course, chaos ensues. It's a fun watch. Maddow's 1940s Marplots, who are horrid as well as feckless, also sincerely intended to help their causes. They believed wholeheartedly that all the general public needed would be a little push in the right direction, a crystal knocked or two, to turn events into the fascists' favor. Fortunately, the American fascists of the 1940s judged others' characters as falsely as they judged their own capabilities to carry out their schemes. Not that they did no harm, they did plenty of harm, but it never quite scaled. Note that Marplot contains no idea of intent. It's almost the opposite, in fact. The Marplots work diligently in support of their causes, but somehow they just can't stay out of their own way. Coincidence plus incompetence equals what? On the nights when I'm a Mar cook and the rice is burnt or crunchy or both, there's scant consolation in knowing that my intentions were good. On the nights when I lie awake worrying about the fascists of the 2020s, I often fear that there are not enough Marplots among them. Today, I feel like a Marblog. Fun word for this process, just what I need, perhaps. I have used a hyphen to spell Marblog and I remove it, and autocorrect goes into Mar proof mode and makes Marblog into marble. Foiled at every turn. Is it my fault? Or is it my nature? Or is it fate? Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. And apologies for almost certainly butchering the pronunciation of Saint Livre throughout. I hope I made enough different errors to be mildly amusing to people who know French. I've also since finished Maddow's book, and the ending is sad and infuriating, especially since the history of this particular time seems to be closer to repeating than rhyming. One of my semi-resolutions for 24 
2024, though, is to be a cheerful, persistent, and energetic opponent of fascists at home and abroad and see how that goes. Rather than taking my more customary Debbie Downer approach and complaining all the time. Today's essay comes from my WordPress blog, which is also called The Gene Space, if you'd like to read the original or some of my other work. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well. <laughs>